the cob. The old corn cob, or as it's known on paper, Forward Operating Base Cornucopia, a 300-year-old fortress constructed of mud bricks and undressed stone blocks. At sunset, it resembles a huge golden-brown corn cob laid on its side. It was originally built by the Khalifa Omar Rahman to defend himself against attacks by his younger brother, Muhammad Rahman. For a time, at the end of the 19th century and the first few decades of the 20th, it served as a prison. Then, in the 1980s, some enterprising government official converted the compound into a cement factory. Now we have it. The actual fort stands in the center of this enormous, empty space about the size of eight football fields, which in turn is surrounded by a thick brick wall. We only use eight or so of the stone rooms at the front of the fort, but behind this there are dozens and dozens of smaller rooms and crumbling corridors. We call this unused space the old fort. Underneath it is a dungeon, which I have heard stretches out beneath the entire base. We reinforced the original fort with cinder blocks and it became the motor pool, armory, and supply facility. Directly across from the fort is a cement factory, which was built around a flimsy steel frame and covered with corrugated fiberglass sheets, half of which have blown off. The only thing we use it for now is to house one of our latrines. The army put up the rest of the base pretty quickly, which is to say, shittily. To the west of the fort, several rows of enlisted men's tents stretch out in the dirty yellow sand. To the east, there are the two common tents for recreation and the mess tent and kitchen. To the east of the cement factory are the command and communications trailers and the officers' connexes, big steel prefab boxes about the size of railroad shipping containers with two-man living quarters built inside. All of these buildings combined occupy less than an eighth of the space inside the cob. It feels like a small settlement on a large plain. Whenever I pass in through the cob's front gates, I always feel a little of my anxiety lift away. The perimeter walls are nearly fifteen feet thick. Although the bricks are crumbling and rotten in places, it would still take a pretty mean artillery attack to breach the walls. The base is self-contained and has a rough sort of comfort. Although I never forget I'm in a war zone, once I get on base it's nice to know the bad guys are locked outside. On hard nights when I feel rattled, I try to imagine we're as secure as jewels in a strong safe. Every once in a while this actually works. When I first arrived here, we had almost three times as many soldiers and twice as many tents and trailers on base. Once the army decided this area was pacified and secure, they trucked or airlifted all the decent buildings off to Enmar, including the Portageons. Now all we have left are a smattering of two-man tents pitched above wooden pallets, a few office trailers and connex units, a random assortment of canvas-covered structures, and forty-two active-duty soldiers. During a sandstorm the month before I arrived, the mess tent literally blew away during breakfast. The roof broke free of its stakes, flapped around in the wind for a while, and then fell in on itself. One soldier broke his arm, and another one almost suffocated before they dug him out. After that, we stabilized everything with sandbags and two-by-fours. 
The office trailers look like tiny, gothic cathedrals with flying buttresses made of PVC piping and guy wires. One of the worst aspects of base life is the latrines. They promised to bring us new porta johns when they trucked off our old ones. You'll see them in a week, HQ said. They lied. We built a few groups of two-man latrines the next morning out of scrap plywood and two-by-fours set above old fuel drums. At first there was only a back wall to lean up against when struggling with the infamous MRE constipation. Every passing Joe got a view of your knobby knees and red straining face. For pissing, we have white PVC tubes that drain directly into the sand. Regulation state you can't mix number one and number two. The Army even likes to control your bodily functions. After a week of this sorry situation, somebody, probably Hazel, strung up pieces of oil-stained canvas around the latrines, shower curtain style. My theory is he wanted a little privacy for his stroke mags. For some reason, when they carted off half the base, they left behind an artillery battery, but they didn't leave anyone trained to use it. Rankin thinks they just forgot about them. And us, I told him. For the most part, we feel safe here. Or at least as safe as anybody can feel in a place where half the population wants to kill you and the other half hates you. Once the army took over the cob, they set up floodlights and guard towers and a minefield. Ribbons of concertina wire curl through the sand. We've got M60s and wire-guided missiles, 50 caliber Maud Deuces, Eagle Mount 240 Bravos, and plenty of M4s and M16s. Nevertheless, there's one thing that's never far from any of our minds, especially on those nights when the wind whips up from the desert and the stars disappear, and mortar rounds start dropping into the compound. The Khalifa's brother took the fortress in a single night, and in the morning, he stuck Omar's head on a pike.